have you joining us today for Church Online. You know, the last number of weeks have looked different for all of us and no doubt we've had to learn new skills and adjust to what life is looking like at the moment. Can I just say this week, I have unleashed the inner hairdresser in myself and I have cut my fringe, a new skill that I can add to the list of things that I am good at or learning to be good at. And you know, I'm sure by the end of this, we'll all have learned new things and developed in whole different areas that we never thought we would ever be doing. But today, as I come to minister and share, I really want to encourage you with a word from God to help you live your everyday life. You know, and today I want to talk to us about gifts. I don't know about you, but I love not only giving gifts, but also receiving gifts. There's a joy, there's a sense of expectation when you know that you're giving your loved one a gift that you know they're going to love. And there's nothing like being on the end of a gift that's a surprise that exceeds your expectations. Have you ever wondered why we love giving gifts? I think that the answer to that is found in the Bible. In James 1 verse 17, it says that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of life. You see, God is a gift-giving God. He loves to lavish us with gifts. We don't have to look any further than John 3.16 where we see God giving us the ultimate gift. And it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Wow, what a gift that God should choose to give humanity. You know, God didn't spare anything when he gave his son Jesus when he sent him from heaven down to earth. He gave his best for you and I because he wants our lives to flourish. He wants our lives to be abundant and rich. And you know, when God gave Jesus, Jesus became the bridge between God and us. Jesus gave his life freely for us by hanging on the cross so that if we choose to place our faith and trust in him, we can have peace with God. You know, when gift giving of God goes beyond even what he did through his son, Jesus. You know, on the night where Jesus was betrayed, he sat in the upper room talking with his disciples. And Jesus is just letting him know about different things. And in that conversation, Jesus talks to his disciples about leaving them a gift. I wonder what that gift would be. You know, I've often thought about the inheritance or the legacy that I would leave my loved ones when it's my turn to leave this earth. You know, and the inheritance will perhaps be my house, some money, an inheritance of maybe um, a car, it will be those kind of things that I would hope would help set my family up for their future and perhaps be a blessing to them. And you know, when Jesus talks with his disciples, he lets them know right there and then he, that he is going to leave them a gift. And I'd love to read to you right now from John 14, 
verse 27, and listen to the gift that Jesus says that he's going to leave us. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. What a gift. What a gift that Jesus says that he's going to leave us. You know, it's not something temporal. It's not something that is going to fill our bank balance. And often, you know, in the society that we live in, we think those things are really important. But I love that Jesus gets right to the heart of the matter. And he knows that temporal things like riches and money, yeah, they may, they may bring us pleasure, but they're not actually going to set us up to live a life that is going to flourish, to live a life that is going to see us go from strength to strength. You know, when Jesus said he was leaving us a gift, he didn't look at the externals. Instead, he chose to focus on the internals. He chose to focus on something that would stand us in great stead for our future. You know, the peace that Jesus gives is something that's quite amazing. It surpasses all expectation. And the Bible says in John that he's giving us peace of heart and of mind. Have you ever felt unrest? Have you ever felt worry? Have you ever felt anxiety? Well, Jesus says that the gift that he's going to give of peace will guard us so that we don't need to be troubled. We don't need to be afraid. All we have to do is unpack that gift of peace into our lives. And today I want to just talk about some of those aspects of peace, the peace that Jesus gives. Do you know that Jesus is referred to in Isaiah as the Prince of Peace? He resides over peace. He is the source of peace. And only Jesus can give us the peace that we need to live out our daily lives. So we're going to look at some of these things over the next few weeks. You know, because of what Jesus did in dying on the cross for us, we were able to have peace with God. But also, as a result of accepting Jesus into our lives, we are able to have the peace of God in our lives. You know, that peace is peace in our relationships and with others. And we're going to look at that next week. And today, I want us to focus on peace within ourselves. How do we live each day in the security of the peace that Jesus has provided us. You know, I only think that we have to look at the scripture in Philippians 4 to help us understand and help us work out and appropriate that peace in our lives. Let's read it together. It says this in Philippians, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. 
Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace guards our hearts and minds. We've read that in John 14 as well. And right here in this verse, I believe we see the key of the enemy of peace. And it's found at the beginning of the scripture. The verse starts off saying, don't worry about anything. Don't worry. Do you know what worry is? Worry is like having yourself pinned up against a wall and being choked or strangled. That's what the meaning of worry means. Have you ever been anxious? Anxiety is like falling to pieces. And the Bible clearly says at the outset of these verses, don't worry about anything. So we need to ask ourselves, why do we worry? Why is it that we worry? You know, and I think often the reasons that we sometimes worry is because we take a care or a concern or a situation and we fixate our minds on it and we allow our minds to rehearse that situation. We start thinking about how that situation is going to unfold, what's going to happen, and we begin to lose perspective. We begin to focus so much on it that fear comes in and we feel gripped. It's like we're being pinned up against a wall and we're, uh, we're suffering, we're struggling for breath as we allow our minds to rehearse a situation or a report or our future and we get so caught up. You know, worry is like lifting up a concern to a place that's higher than God is in our lives. You know, the Bible doesn't say magnify your concerns, magnify your cares, magnify your future. No, the Bible says, magnify the Lord. You know, and if I could encourage you today, I would say in whatever situation you find yourself in, that God wants to give you peace. And right here, he clearly says that the key to us walking and living in the peace that he has provided is to not worry. God does not want us worrying. You know the reason why God doesn't want us to worry about our lives? It's because God is near. You know, the Bible says that he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. God is not a distant God. You know, the Bible says that God is an ever-present help in times of trouble. And often I think that worry creeps in because we forget that God is right next to us. He says he's closer than a brother. And sometimes when we forget that, we lose perspective and we think that we've got to try and manage our circumstances, our concerns, our storms of life on our own. But we don't have to. You know, in the Gospel of Mark, we see that a storm began to brew as the disciples and Jesus were making their way across the lake. And the disciples started getting concerned. They were worried, Master, Master, we're going to drown, we're going to sink. And in the midst of that storm, Jesus was very present. And he just said, peace, 
be still. He spoke peace into that storm. And that storm had to submit to the power and the authority of the words of Jesus. You know, the storms that we may face, we have to speak. It's not our peace that we're speaking. We're actually speaking the peace of Jesus that he has promised us over our lives. This is not anything that we can do, anything that we can achieve in our own strength. This is everything about what God has already done through his son, Jesus. So we can speak to the storm and we can say, peace, be still. We need to remind ourselves that Jesus is there with us. Let's bring our perspective back to the fact that the creator of the heavens and the earth is with us. And not because he doesn't want to be with us. He chooses to be with us. He invites us to be so close. He says he's our refuge and our strength. The word of God declares he's a strong tower. The word of God says that we can run into him and be saved. And God's invitation to you and I is to trust him implicitly. And you can actually see that as we look at the words of Philippians 4. Because it says, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. How do we stop those thoughts of worry, those thoughts of fear, those thoughts of anxiety gripping our minds, trying to choke us? Well, the way that we stop it is found here in those words. We choose to stop worrying because we will choose to pray. Do you know what? Worry is really our choice. God has provided peace And he encourages us not to worry. He says, don't worry. We've got to make a choice not to worry. And when we make that choice not to worry, we choose to focus our attention on God. You know, prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is coming face to face with a living God. And it's us being so intimate with him. You know, Jesus wants our full dependence to be on him. He wants our full trust, our full faith to be in him because he cares for us. You know, in 1 Peter 5, it says that. It says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. The Bible doesn't say, cast some of your cares on me, nor does it say, only bring these list of cares to me. No, the Bible says, cast all your cares on God because he cares for us. So when we pray, we are entering an intimate time with God when we're face to face with him. And that's his invitation to us. You'll be familiar with the scripture that says, come boldly before the throne of God where you can obtain mercy in your time of need. He wants to be the one that provides everything. He is not asking us to do anything to provide for ourselves, but he says, no, will you put the full weight of your life? Will you put the full weight of your trust on him? And he even goes further in letting us know how we are to approach him in prayer. That later on in that verse, it says, tell God what you need. Tell him. He wants specifics. 
You know, it says in the word of God, ask and it shall be given. God is inviting us. An audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's inviting you and I. And he says, come. Come sit. Come be close. Come draw near. Let me be your refuge. Let me be your strength. Tell me what you have need of. You know, there's nothing that we can bring to God that he can't handle. Because God is the source of all peace. He is peace. And he says, you can come. And I'm going to help. And I'm going to be near. You know, in Matthew 6, we see that when Jesus is talking. He says, you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, or what you're going to wear, because your Father in heaven cares for you, and he knows what you have need of. And a bit later in Matthew 6, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. God's invitation is for us to seek him first, is for us to seek him in every situation. He's not asking us to try and work these things out on our own. But he says, no, come close. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. He wants to silence the voices he wants to silence those things in our lives that would try to cause us to sway, would try to get us caught up. He wants to silence them. And the Prince of Peace wants to reside in our lives. You know, as we carry on through this scripture, as we make a choice not to worry, as we choose to direct our focus and attention on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, as we choose to let him know and be, bear our hearts to him and be specific with our request to him, there's one other thing that it talks about. It says this, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Do you know what? Thanksgiving is a really important part of us walking in the peace of God that he's laid up for us. You know, often when we feel bombarded by life, when we feel like we're pressed up against the wall and we feel that fear, anxiety and worry is trying to pen us in, one of the first things that can happen is that we can forget to thank we can be so consumed with what's going on that we forget who God is in our lives. You know, when the Apostle Paul was penning this letter, he was in prison. And yet he was able to remember everything that God had done. And I want to encourage you today as you're listening to this message, let's have a heart of thanksgiving towards our God. When we magnify him, we are magnifying him because of all that he is, because of who he is. He is glorious. He is wonderful. He is the creator of the heavens and earth. His word declares, is there anything too difficult for me? And when we thank God, we're reminding ourselves of his faithfulness towards us 
in the past. We're reminding ourselves of all that God has done. You know, God has never let us down. He has promised to be near and he has led us through. You know, Psalm 103 says, he redeems our lives from destruction. We only need to take a moment to look at the safekeeping we find our lives in when we place our thankfulness and trust in him. And I know Dave's been sharing over recent weeks from Psalm 23, just about how the Lord is our shepherd. You know, and if you were to look at Psalm 23 again, just there in that one Psalm, there is so much encouragement. There are so many things that we can be thankful in because of who God is. And I'd love to share some of those things with you right now. Psalm 23 shows us that the Lord is our shepherd. He's our protector. He leads us. He guides us. He is our provider. He is our peace. He is our healer. He is our righteousness. He is present in our very day. He is our help. He is our victory. He is our sanctification. He is our portion and he is our inheritance. We've got so much to be thankful for. He's our healer, our provider, our protector, our deliverer, our sanctification. He's the one that comes close. Let us allow those words to be the things that we magnify in our lives. Let's fix our thoughts and our attentions and all that God is and all that he's promised he will do in our lives and remember all that he has done so far. Thanksgiving is such an important part of our lives. In Thessalonians, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. The will of God concerning us is to draw close to him through prayer, to rejoice in all that he is and because he is worthy of our praise and to thank him, to be lavish with our thanksgiving, not because of what we find ourselves in or the circumstances that may be around us, but we thank him for who he is because he is a faithful, faithful God. You know, once we've chosen to thank God, this is what the words say in Philippians 4. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. Another translation says it surpasses all understanding. When we make a choice not to worry, when we choose to come face to face with God in prayer, when we're specific and let him know our needs, and when we thank him for all that he has done, then the peace of God, that perfect gift, that good and perfect gift, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. 
Every day, that gift of peace is more than enough. Every day, that gift of peace goes ahead of us and promises us that we can have a future secured in him. Every day, that peace of God comes before us as God leads us in paths of righteousness. And every day, that gift of peace is there for us to experience. It's not words on the Bible. It's not words on a piece of paper no this is for us to lay hold of and for us to take on and say no this is mine you know imagine peace being a bit like me sitting on this stool here when we make a choice to trust God we allow him to take the full weight of our lives just allow him to God's not saying, get up, start carrying the weights, right? You try to do this now, right? What strength have you got there? Right, come on, I'll try and make this happen. No, God says, let me take the weight. And in taking the weight, all I'm asking you to do is trust me implicitly. To allow your whole life to be held in his hand. You know, we trust him so easily with our salvation. Yet sometimes when it comes to our lives, we want to hold parts of it for us. We want to be in control. And then we worry why we're anxious. Then we worry why we can't get to bed at night. Then we're wondering why things aren't going the way we planned, why we're feeling this tightness in our chest, why we feel sapped of any joy. Well, it's because we're not doing it God's best way. And his best way is to allow him fully to take control of our lives and for us to give our lives into his safekeeping. You know, a number of years ago, I was taken into hospital because I was playing with my children. And when I went to lay back, I couldn't get any breath into my lungs. I went to the doctors. I was fine when I was stood up. As soon as I lay backwards, I could not breathe. I could not get breath into my body. And they took me to hospital and I was there and they began conducting tests. And they were like, Mrs. Edwards, do you know that you have a raging temperature? And I'm like, well, I feel fine, other than the fact I can't breathe, which is quite an important thing, but I feel fine. And they began undergoing tests. And as they began doing some of the tests, they actually found out that I was pregnant. Not the reason why I wasn't breathing, but they found out I was pregnant. And that was a bit of a shock because I'd only just had a baby six weeks prior. So I was trying to reassure the hospital staff that I wasn't pregnant, that it was just hormones going through my body still. But they quietly and patiently had to explain, no, Mrs. Edwards, you are pregnant. And that's why we can't now conduct some of those tests. However, during my stay in hospital, they did, of course, want to scan me to check that the baby in my womb was growing and thriving but for many many weeks they couldn't find this baby my blood tests were showing that my hormone levels were increasing yet scans would be done 
and they couldn't find the baby. And one day they called me into the hospital and they said, we want to scan you again, Mrs. Edwards. And Dave said, would you like me to come with you? And I said, oh, no, no, I'll be fine. And I went into the hospital and I was waiting in the waiting room and it was filled with husbands and wives sat in waiting to be seen themselves. And after I had the scan, one of the, um, the nurses said to me, Mrs. Edwards, you can't go home yet. I need you to have a chat with the consultant. And I was led into a room off the side of the hospital. And I can remember just sitting in that hospital room waiting for the consultant. And I was looking out the window and in my mind I was thinking, that's why everybody was like together. That's why husbands and wives were together. And here I am on my own in the hospital room. And as I looked out of the window, not knowing what the consultant's report was going to show, the Holy Spirit spoke to me a verse of scripture which is found in Isaiah. And his words for me were this, he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in me. The Holy Spirit right there and then was giving me an invitation. Regardless of what I was going to find out when that consultant hit that room, the Holy Spirit was saying, Faye, do you want peace in this moment? Do you want peace in the days that you're to walk out, that you're to walk out in the next few weeks? If you want peace, the answer is found in my word, that he will give me peace when I choose to focus my mind and attention on him. You know, right there in that hospital room, I had a choice to make. Was I going to accept that loving invitation that was allowing me to unwrap that gift of peace in my lives? Was I going to accept that and say, God, I'm going to receive this? Or was I going to decide that actually I wasn't going to trust in God in the way that he would want me to? Instead, I was going to try and figure this out myself and work this through myself. And in that moment, I made a very important decision. And that decision has helped me make a lot more decisions concerning my future. In that moment, I thought, Lord, I want your peace. I want your peace. And it's the word of God says it's just not any kind of peace. It's perfect peace. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. You know, over those coming days after the consultant had explained to me that they were still struggling to find the baby that I was carrying and they explained what potentially that could mean and they explained, you know, potentially the consequences of the baby not being in the right place within my body and the fact that potentially I could die. When he explained that, it was like... I had a shield in front of me, that shield of faith. And those words could come so far, but they couldn't penetrate my heart. 
They couldn't penetrate my peace because I had chosen in those moments that I was going to focus on God. I was going to focus my attention on him. And after I left the hospital, does that mean thoughts didn't come? Did that mean that worry and anxiety and fear for my future didn't try to invade my mind? Of course they did. Of course, those thoughts tried to come. But in because I had made that decision that I wanted to live in peace, as those thoughts came and tried to penetrate my heart, as they tried to come and infiltrate my mind, I would choose to speak out loud. And do you know what I would choose to declare? I would not choose to magnify my problem. Instead, I would choose to magnify the Lord. I would choose to praise Him. I would choose to rejoice. I would choose to thank him for all that he is and all that he ever will be and all that he will do in my life. And do you know what? I can honestly say by making that decision that wasn't easy. Of course, there were times I wanted to think about things, but I had to say, no, Faye, you got to trust God implicitly in this. As I made that choice to trust him, I can tell you, my life was saturated with peace. People would look on the outside in and wonder how I was doing. And I could honestly say, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. My life is hid in Christ with God. I have no need to fear for my future because I know that God is sustaining me. I know that he is near and I know he is my refuge and my strength. So I want to encourage you today. I don't know what situations you may be in right now. Or perhaps may be ahead of us in the future. But I want to encourage you from the word of God today to unwrap that perfect gift of peace in your life. It is something that we can carry with us every day into every situation, into every storm, into every circumstance. And God's peace has assurances that our minds and hearts are guarded. This peace is, surpasses all understanding. And all it requires is for us to trust him implicitly. For us to choose to focus our attention on him. For us to make a decision to say, I will not worry. I will not give this circumstance more place in my life than what it deserves. God is the one that I place first place in my life, not my circumstance. And in doing that, in unwrapping that beautiful gift of peace, we get to walk the life that Jesus promises for us in John 10.10, where he says, I have come to give you life and life abundantly, a life filled with peace, a life where we flourish, where our lives go from strength to strength because we are found in him. I'd love to pray with you today. I'd love to encourage you and I'd love to champion you and say, if he can do it for me,
He can do it for you. You don't have to be pinned up against the wall by any circumstance, but instead you can choose to sit and place the full weight of your life in the hands of God. So Lord, today I thank you that you know every detail about people that are watching this message. Lord, you know everything. It says that you even number the hairs on our heads because that is how much you care for us. And Lord, today, if there are people who are struggling with worry and anxiety and they feel their life is being dominated by those thoughts, Lord, I pray that this word, Lord, would seed into their hearts deep down. And Lord, they would make a decision to focus their eyes on you, to focus our attention on you, to focus our prayers into you, Lord, because you promise us that perfect peace. You know, if you have listened to this message today and say, do you know what? I'm not living in peace because I haven't got peace with God. I would love to invite you to ask Jesus into your life today. You know, it's not hard to ask him into your life and it is the best decision you will ever make. Jesus is a prayer away. Why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? Why don't you say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for laying down your life so that I could have peace with God. I need a savior and I accept Jesus. I believe on his name and ask him to come into my life to be my savior. I know that I'm a sinner, I know I've messed things up and I know that Jesus is the answer. So come to live in me and lead me in paths of righteousness. You know, if you prayed that prayer today, why don't you head over to our website and let us know because we would love to celebrate with you and we would love to encourage you as well. We'd love to help you in your next steps within your walk with Jesus and to gift you with a Bible. Be blessed, have a great week. And I look forward to sharing the second part of this message with you next week as we begin to look at the peace that God promises to give us in our relationships. Mm -hmm.